I am the bread of life, says the Lord. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall not thirst. In this gospel for today's Mass, we have the first part of what is known as the great Eucharistic discourse of our Lord, in which he taught most clearly. It it is his most clear teaching that he is the one who satisfies the human person as real food and real drink. We're in chapter 6 of the Gospel of St. John in this second year of the three-year liturgical cycle, the three-year Sunday liturgical cycle, A, B, C, we're in year B. We have these, we have, we read from the sixth chapter of St. John for five, five weeks, beginning last week, the 17th week of ordinary time, until the 21st week of ordinary time, which is three more Sundays after this one. Hearing the Lord's own teaching on what Holy Communion is. He will say, My flesh is food for real. My flesh is food indeed. My blood and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And that is the faith of the Catholic Church from the time of Jesus, from from when he taught it and did it. He did it at the Last Supper. And his apostles continued that action, the action of God, that the host of Mass, that faith holds, that, that faith of the Church taught by Christ holds that the host at Mass and the contents of the chalice, what begin is what on that table over there is bread and wine. Here will be transubstantiated at the consecration at Mass by the words of the consecrated priest, the the bread and the wine are completely changed in their substance by the power of God into the true, by the words of the priest in the person of Christ, by the power of God into the true body and the true blood the true and unique person of Jesus Christ who really becomes our sacrifice and our meal, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is He. It is by His blood that we are redeemed and we consume His flesh and blood. Having been baptized, having confessed all mortal sins, I went to confession just just an hour ago, because I needed it. It's none of your business, but just just for the record. And you need it. 
You need to do an internal cleaning. Notice how often we clean the body. Notice how often we shine the shoes, we wash the car, we clean the floors. We should at least as often clean the inside. The Lord says, clean the, he said, clean the inside. He said, you, you Pharisees and you scribes, you hypocrites, you wash the cups and you wash your hands, you wash outside, wash inside. So that Holy Communion is real. It is the joining of heaven and earth. The flesh of God and the blood of God are here, indeed. In communion you eat God. That phrase reminds me of a, an, uh, when I was in, a, probably about 15 years ago, uh, I was in a first grade classroom instructing the children just before their first communion and I told the class, I said, in Holy Communion you will eat God. And one of the children burst out laughing, ha! And I, and I said, I said to myself, that boy understood what I mean. It's, 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 fab, it's, it's ridiculous. To say, I mean, we, we, we chew God. We swallow God. We digest God. It's almost obscene to, to think such a thing. that You have to laugh. You just have to say, huh? If you don't say, huh, you don't get it. You have to not understand it. It's mind-boggling. It's as mind-boggling as God dying. Since when? God having a mother. Since when? Since 2,000 years ago. <laughs> By his power. Because he's God. That's what it means to be God. God does the good that God wills to do. And he does the maximum good. He wanted to stay after his death. He wanted to, we were dead and he wanted to give us life. So he died and killed death. He who does not die. And he gives us life by his body and blood. This is part of the same reality of the ridiculous notion that God should be a worm like us. So that the Muslims scoff at it. The Jews the same. The Aryans could not tolerate it. For, for half a millennium, Europe was split over it. Much blood was shed. The first millennium of Christianity. They said, no, God can't be a man. No, God cannot die, can't suffer. No, it, 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 the fact is, God must, because God is love. But that's, I, I want to get back to the gospel. In, in, in communion, you eat God. In verses 24 to 35 of this sixth chapter of St. John, which I recommend, if you like, read it today. The whole chapter six take you two minutes or three. If you read it in Latin, it might take you five. In Greek, it's good to have the Latin with the Greek on the facing page. The Greek is the original, which is not, we have many words from the Greek. You could, you could learn the Greek alphabet in one hour. In verses 25 to 35, 24 to 35 
of the sixth chapter of St. John, which we have today, the Lord sets the foundation for his teaching on the Eucharist. Establishing the fact that he is God. He is the bread, the true bread from heaven. The manna, your fathers ate the manna in the desert and they still died. He who eats the true bread will never die. He sets the foundation for his teaching on the Eucharist, declaring that he is God. Before you can, because before you can believe in the body and the blood of, on our altars and in our tabernacles, you have to believe in God. You have to know Christ. Who is he? He is God. You have to know him. So the Lord, just before he tells the people on the shore of the Sea of Galilee at Capernaum that he would give his body and his blood for our food and our drink, which he would do at the Last Supper and on the cross, he tells them who he is. I am the true bread come down from heaven, the bread of life. The implication is that all other bread is fake. Why is it fake? Because you eat it and you get hungry again. That's no good. I'm going to eat something that I never have to eat it, that once I eat it, I'm done. Permanent satisfaction. Have you noticed that people aren't satisfied? Everybody's looking at the gadget. Everybody's looking for something. All day long. I mean, there could be fabulous, fabulous things happening around them. They're looking for something. I mean, everybody's looking. It's, 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 it's a manifestation of, the, of this reality. That we're, we're not satisfied. We always want to make our skyscrapers higher. We want to, we want to, take, we want to do a, take a taxi ride in outer space. You don't have to go to outer space. You have to go deep. With, you have to find Jesus. You're not going to find him in outer space. You can go outer space. Jeff Bezos can spend his whole life in outer space. He's still going to be looking. He needs to go to confession and go to mass. I don't. It's curious. His stepfather is anyway. His stepfather is from Cuba. He must be, be, be a baptized Catholic. I've never heard Bezos talk about religion. Although somebody at the, in the, anyway, I'm I'm getting off the subject here. The Lord tells them who He is. That he is the one from heaven, and so he has the power of heaven to do what we need. We need to be satisfied. We all need to be satisfied, especially the non-believer is looking. This is an amazing claim, Christ's claim, that he is the true bread, which will give you permanent satisfaction. You will never hunger again. You'll never thirst again if you eat my flesh and drink my blood. This is an amazing, the most amazing claim of power and authority which no other person has ever made. No person in the world can make that claim except Christ, except the Messiah. That's what Christ is. It's the Greek for the Hebrew Messiah. Great crowds were there waiting for another miracle. He had just miraculously fed thousands of people in the multiplication of the five loaves and the two fishes, having 12 baskets left over after everyone was satisfied. Then, now, they come, and many other people also are interested. They come not because they have faith, but because they want to fill their bellies. 
They liked the miracle, but they missed the point of the miracle, which is that Jesus is the Son of God, the creator of the world, the owner of the natural world, the one who feeds us, the one who cares for us, the one who owns every man. He makes the bread. He multiplies the bread. He can do all things. He's taking care of everything and everyone. They were more interested in pleasure than in truth. Amen, amen, I say to you, you seek me not because you have seen signs, but because you have eaten of the loaves and have had your fill and have been filled. Thus the Lord recognizes the imperfect intentions and the poor faith of his followers. This happens all the time. It's very natural. And the Lord knows of what we are made. He knows that our thoughts are often selfish and that we find it difficult to get out of ourselves and to think according to the mind of God and not according to the mind of men. A natural example of this self-centeredness is the existence of an infant. Have you ever closely watched an infant? All mothers and fathers surely have. An infant is interested in three things only, or four. The breast, milk, diaper changing, and rest. It seems that all the child does is sleep, eat and sleep and soil himself and cry to let you know he needs something. He needs you to address one of those three things. But there is a great mystery in the life of the infant because adults are very similar to them. Many adults live a life dedicated to all sorts of worldly ambitions, but they do not go any deeper than that. I was noticing that even with the infants, the eating and the sleeping is not everything. They need to be held. They need the mother's breast. They want the father's arms. Even when they are not hungry and not tired, they respond to music. They go deeper than just the material, the natural. They like music, they, the best classical music. Newborns love Mozart, and not just baby Mozart. They like the unabridged Mozart. I've more than once done the experiment with my 40-some nieces and nephews. A child will stop crying to listen to some music or to dance, an infant. Here is a reality that goes deeper than the belly. Music and affection feed the heart where the milk has no effect. And yet, how often we adults are like infants who do not appreciate the music of life. Often we look only for the superficial realities and never go deeper. Jesus wants you and me to go deeper. Don't live for per perishable things. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for that which endures unto life everlasting, which the Son of Man will give you. For upon him the Father, God himself, has set his seal. Cultivate your interior life with God. 
The Lord is always there for you and me. He always wants us to go to him. He will take care of our every need. When you go to the Lord, and you should go often to him in prayer, in confession, in Holy Communion, in visits to the Most Blessed Sacrament, in the meditation of the mysteries of the Rosary, he will give you things much greater than anything you might ask for. They ask for bread to fill their bellies, and he gives them himself, the bread of eternal life. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Ask the Lord for a larger heart. Ask him for his heart. Ask him for him, himself. Ask him to make you more generous and less selfish. Ask him to make you a saint. God wants you, God made you to be a saint. Tell him you want to do his work in your work. That your work be the work of God. Ask him to give you faith, to believe more in him and less in yourself. Say to him in the words of his hearers today, Lord, give us always this bread.